I was invited to an entrepreneurship class from my old professor at college to speak to the students about what I've gone through and answer any questions that they might have. If they're looking to get into business on their own, if they should get into business, or if they just have general questions about what happens after you graduate going through this program. How do you succeed? How do you pursue your passion? What should you even be doing? So I just spoke to the class for a bit and I recorded it. I recorded the video as well. So if you go to YouTube and search for analysis paralysis, you'll be able to actually watch the video of me speaking to the class if, if you'd like to do so. And I answer a bunch of different questions from students there. It, it was very interesting. The first bit, I just give general background information on myself. So if you do want to skip through the first 10, 15 minutes or so, if you've already heard that, you can do that. I think there's a lot of great information, even if you're out of school already. Just general discussion about how do I pursue something that I'm interested in and how do I make money doing it? Should I pursue business? If you have any questions of your own or just want to engage in some discussion, feel free to leave a comment on YouTube. I would love to talk. Um, so I started the company in 2010 and I did web development and online marketing at that point. I was working for my stepdad's construction company and they needed a website done. So he kind of said, hey, you know, Alex, you're, you're working in the finance department here, but can you build a website? And I was like, I have no idea what the heck, how to do any of that. But I said, you know, all right, fine. So I was paid to kind of do that. And it started helping his business a lot. So he had, he had a new website up, online marketing that we started to kind of do. And, and it started to become kind of like the, the core pillar of his business. And we saw that something made sense here. So we're like, well, let's start a company. Let's turn this into something that we can actually sell and make money from because it helped me so it can help other companies. So I made the decision at that point to start a business with him. So he was my business partner at the time. I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't know how to do any of that, but he had done it before. So came up with the company name, got it registered and everything like that. And it felt like legitimate. But then that was at the point of like having to actually sell. So I was going to school full time, triple major, and I didn't have too, too much time to work on the business because I was focused very heavily in school. So really what ended up cutting out from that was the going to social gatherings, parties, networking, things like that, kind of just got thrown to the wayside. I just focused on school and my business. That's all I thought about. That's all I wanted to do. And the more I kind of got involved in this web development industry, I realized that it's tough to actually find small businesses that are actually willing to pay the kind of money that I wanted. I was an artisan in the space. I love doing custom work, doing it the way that I, I felt was right. But very quickly, I learned that you have to be able to show value when you're selling in a business. So anyone who's thinking about starting a company, you need to find uh, how you can give value to businesses. And your target customer probably when you're starting is going to be small businesses. They're often willing to take these little risks and maybe you could get your foot in the door and do something you know, fairly cost effective for them. But the problem is small businesses normally don't have a budget, especially not for whatever services that you're trying to provide to them. And, but part of it is you kind of just need to get started and get involved with businesses and start understanding that value exchange. Try things for them. And if they work, understand where that value is and double down on that because that's, that's what you need to find, that, that fit in the market. So 
from there, I, I had a couple of clients that I did websites for, and I started realizing that I wasn't giving them much value. I built a website for them, it was sitting there, they were paying me 60 bucks a month to maintain it, and it just wasn't really doing anything for anyone. So at that point, I started to move more into the IT space, and I'm like, well, I built computers when I was younger, I'll just start doing this for these companies as well. So I built a, cust a couple custom computers for clients of mine, I would maintain their IT uh, if there are any problems with a server, computers, or backups, I would kind of run in there and take care of that. And I started realizing, like, this is, I, I can sell this service. And I started figuring out different ways, talking to people in a similar industry and asking, like, getting advice, like, how, how can I sell this? Because I think, I think there could be more value here than the website side. And I learned that, like, a lot of these small businesses, they don't have a full-time IT person. There's a $60,000, $70,000 salary job that is missing from this business that is needed in some way. So I would actually start to sell them, be more from the perspective of, you can either hire someone for $70,000, or you can hire us externally for $15,000, $20,000, and we'll monitor all your computers, we'll be available for IT support, and all, all of that. So I was talking them down from a higher price, and started connecting with them a little bit, and you know, hey, if something happens to one of your computers in the office, who's taking care of it right now? The CEO. The CEO is taking care of all the stuff, and it's bizarre. The CEO should not be taking care of that. So a lot of the value proposition I was really giving them is like, you're a web developer, you're you know, the CEO, you're, you're head of finance. They should not be doing the IT in your company and you're also not documenting it, you're not taking care of it properly. And that was just the space that I got very comfortable in because I was kind of selling insurance in a certain way. We'll proactively monitor everything, we'll take care of it, you just don't need to think about it anymore and you just keep giving us a paycheck. So I really doubled down in that business. I'm like, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a big MSP. It's called MSP Managed Services Provider. It's just outsourced IT support. It's like, that is what my business is going to be. So I totally pivoted out of the web development side. I'm not doing web development for anyone. I said, I'm done with that space, and I'm in the, uh, the IT space now. And then the more I got involved with that, the more I, I was working inside of these companies' businesses, I started realizing these inefficiencies that existed. So like they were doing things, they were using software, they were using old software, they were using internal servers, all of this stuff, and I'm like, this is broken, they shouldn't be doing it this way, there are better ways to do this, there are more efficient ways to do this, there are ways to automate this. And that's where slowly I started pivoting for a third time more into this business consulting, software implementation, business analyst type role, and the more clients I worked with and understood their problems, I saw this correlation between this construction small business is like this medical device startup, is like this engineering firm. All of these different companies are totally different industries, but they have the same internal problems. They have to write proposals, they have to manage relationships, they needed a CRM client, customer relationship management, they needed to, they needed to sell, they needed a pipeline a process, a procedure in place for what happens when a lead comes in. What do you do? What, what is the, the procedure that you bring them through? Then how can we automate that so there's consistency there, that you can hire a salesperson, put them in the system, and now they can just take care of it because that's how you're going to scale a business. So really, that's where I kind of started realizing there's more to this than just the IT space of just monitoring computers and really trying to sell that value to them. It really came into being more of a business analyst type role, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, really loving the idea of business process and consistency, repeatability, because that's what companies need to grow and scale. Think about Amazon. Like, why are they as big as they are? They have the most refined processes in place, and really, they're not necessarily even selling their products. They just have a good system and process in place that I could jump on there and I can be selling my products through their system and they take some money off the top of it. 
Like yes, they're scaling, they're doing millions of other things, but they can do that because they have processes. They are hiring FedEx and these other companies to, to ship packages. They're like, I think your process is a little bit broken. Like I think we can do it better because they know process so damn well that that's where they start moving in all these different spaces. So I started seeing the value in process and that's where I wanted to get involved with, uh, with businesses. So that's where I'm kind of at right now. I went through the partnership with my stepdad. I ended up breaking it off with him because I was very, very introverted for a very long time. I would love to just kind of sit behind a computer for most of the day. And there's a certain point at which I would be going to these networking events trying to grow my business. I'm like, I need to talk to people. I need to expand my reach. I need to build relationships. But I go to these networking events and I wouldn't talk to anyone whatsoever. I was introverted. I go and see a friend of mine and I go and talk to them, you know, hey, how's it going? What are you up to? And instead of talking to everyone else, that could potentially help me grow my business. So at that point, I realized that I would just be frustrated at the end of the night of going to a networking event after four hours and say, this is my business partner's fault. He's supposed to be the salesperson. He's good at sales. I'm not good at sales. That's their role. Why am I out there doing this? This doesn't make any sense. I would just get frustrated. I would use them as this crutch. And that happened so many times to a point where I would just get so frustrated and I would be mad at my business partner when they had no idea what was going on. They were working 70 hours a week at their construction company. You know, I, can I really blame them for not going out and networking and, and selling the business? It didn't make sense. He wouldn't be making money that way. So I ended up breaking up the partnership with him and it was really tough because my stepdad, we lived in the same house, very awkward, a lot of family dinners right after breaking up a partnership that he felt like he was there at the beginning and he you know, deserved to be part of the company. So it was a very difficult thing to go through, but that was kind of the, the pivotal moment that I realized that it's all on me now. Like, holy shit, like, it's on me now. Like, I can't, I can't use someone else as a crutch anymore. I, I have to go out and network, and I actually have to talk to people, and that's so uncomfortable. Like, that's just not where my normal space is at. So, I went out there and I did that though. And I talked to people, I networked, I connected, and I, that's when I sold my first IT job for a marketing company. And they knew that I was a small business, one person shop. So I was talking to the CEO over a sales meeting when I was trying to get my foot in the door with them. And he had asked me a question that, that has stuck with me since, since this day. This is a very impactful thing that was like, Great, you know, give me a chance, we can do this. Um, I, I wanna maybe work on some consulting and then some IT for you guys and everything. And, and he, he asks me, he said, great, you know, it, a lot of this makes sense, but what happens if we hire you and you're working on building this stuff out, overhauling everything, and what happens if you get hit by a car? And I just froze. I had no idea what, what I would do. Like, how do, you, how do you combat that? Like, is a small business a one-person shop? Like that's, you, that's the one question that would just stop me dead in my tracks. I don't know. At that point, I'm worried about many other things, or maybe I'm just not even there anymore, so why does that matter? And I had to kind of say like, you know, part of the benefit you're getting by hiring me is that I'm a small company. I can pivot along with you. I could be involved, and I will, I'm not, my goal is not to get you reliant on me. The goal is really to build up systems and documentation and have someone else on your team be the one that can you know, run the, the, the brute of it. I don't necessarily want you to be relying on me, which is kind of BS because in any type of business, you want clients that are relying on you. They bring back consistent business for you. You don't really just go in there to set something up and hand it off and say like, all right, great, nice to meet you and then leave. That's not how you scale a business. You really need them relying on you. 
But I had to pivot and kind of explain that. And they're like, you know, I'll give you a chance. That's fine. I charged them three, four thousand dollars to just overhaul their web development infrastructure because that's that was something where I saw an inefficiency in the space. When I was doing web development, the artisan way, I learned it so well that I went into this company that's 45 years old, and I'm like, your web development process is broken. I have a better process that I wish I could be your size because it scales to that. So I was able to sell them on the consulting aspect of just overhauling their web development. And that was just like, I just figured I could do it. Like, why not? Give it a try. I was also terrified. I didn't know if it would work in that scale. I just figured it would. I, you know, so that was just me taking a chance in that space. And that was just consulting. That wasn't even the IT aspect. And I'm, I'm about to sell them on the IT aspect, even though I don't really do that too much for clients anymore anyway. So that was this major kind of overhaul I went through things and just showing how I was very, very introverted and getting out of my comfort zone, becoming more of an extrovert, meeting people, building relationships was the one pivotal thing that made me get that, that lead into a, a potential client and realize, wait, I can do this on my own. That was like this moment that I'm like, I can do this on my own. I can sell. Like I, I'd never thought I was a salesperson, but everybody here is a salesperson. Like when you're when you're 10 years old and you're trying to stay up for another two hours and watch your favorite TV show when your parents are telling you to go to bed or you know, when you want to stay out an extra hour with your friends, like you're selling your parents on the value of, of them letting you do that. Like why should they let you do that? So everyone is a salesperson regardless of if they're introverted, extroverted, it doesn't matter. And that is one of the most, if you're going to start your own business, you're the only person that is going to be as passionate about your business. You can never expect anyone else to ever be as passionate about your business as you are. So be good at selling it. That's like the one thing that I would definitely recommend uh, doing. Does anyone have any type of question idea? I, like I'd like to hear, even if someone has a business or business idea or just something like what they're kind of going through a little bit and maybe anything they might be struggling with or in terms of growth or just anything. Yeah. Uh, so when you were like, I actually remember, I mean, I'm not sure Dr. Kim could help me with this, but like you were here a little while ago, right? Okay. For like, I remember meeting in the past and sort of hearing about where you were mm -hmm. professionally. And like when you talk about like these pivots that you've made, like what do those look like just mm -hmm. like in your day to day? Like if you're, if you just sort of decide that your mission is going to sort of change, and you're going to take it in a new direction. Mm -hmm. Like what, like are you, do you keep on servicing these existing clients and sort of like, you know what I mean? Like what yeah. does that look like? So uh, something kind of funny, I, I started a podcast recently. I'm recording this right now because I'm trying to figure out if, if part of my marketing strategy is like podcasting and getting involved in that. My first episode was called Pivot, and it was just talking about how I dealt with the pivot because it's a very tough thing. But I'll kind of give the, the cliff notes of it. So I am maintaining a lot of existing clients that are kind of on the old businesses. Yes, I still have a, a few $50, $60 a month web design clients that I really hope they don't reach out to me to, to make major modifications because that's just such a waste of my time at this point. They wouldn't even want to pay for it. They would just expect that it's included. So there's that, but then there's also kind of more IT clients that like, I have IT clients that are spending 500 bucks a month to monitor like five, six computers. But now that I've gotten some clients that are spending two, three, four thousand dollars a month for business process stuff, like that's what I want to focus on. So really it's been about, I have some clients that are early adopters that I'm trying to migrate them over. Like, great, we're still doing your IT and it makes sense for us to still be involved here, but like, I can give you a little bit more value in this space and trying to show them. I just had a phone call with this, uh, actually two days ago, with this marketing agency, the, the first one that I sold kind of in the IT space-ish. 
I just had a phone call with them to sell them as a full IT client, managed service client, but the most, of, most of the phone call, it would be funny if you actually heard it, it was just like, I was kind of talking them out of needing us for IT support. I'm like, you know, a lot of computers kind of just run on their own now. Like a lot of them, they're in the cloud. Backing up your computer is not necessarily needed as much anymore. A computer's more of a portal. It's a Chromebook. Everything is just cloud-based web apps. It's like, that's, that's more than fine now. So monitoring computers, great. Antivirus, great. That, you don't even need antivirus. Things like that, ransomware. You don't have to worry about all of these things that we can monitor and we will. Like, it, it, there's value in doing that for a business, especially you guys still have a server and we need to be backing that up because that's, but the goal is to get off that server into the cloud. So most of the call was like, is there any software that you guys are kind of moving forward with right now? Well, you know, we're, we're working with a company right now to get on to their, their CRM automation platform. Great. Involve, how about, like, if you, if you sign up with our IT services, how about for free, I'll be involved in that process a little bit. Just kind of see what you guys are doing. Because I know for certain that's where I can bring value. If you give me a CRM and you want to improve processes, like, that's where I can, you know, really help a company out. So my goal, and I made it very clear on the phone, was if you sign on with us on the IT front, we will use a couple hours here and there to just help support in the consulting space because that's where my company really wants to be and that's where I can truly give you value and believing that such a core level, that's really where it is. So yes, I'm still maintaining and it is bizarre that I have podcasts that are kind of saying not bad things about the IT space, but I'm just, I, don't, I, I wanna be transparent. I don't wanna lie. And yes, if an existing client listens to it and like, wait a minute, they, don't, they think IT support is kind of going out and we're paying you for IT support services, kind of a double-edged sword, but I'm also trying to show you that it's good to have it right now, but I think you can get more value from our other services. And it's just, if at the end of the day, if you're listening to this and it doesn't connect with you, then we're probably just not a good fit anyway, and just fully being open to that and understanding that. So it is tough. You know, in real estate, like a large part of the business is conducted online in mm -hmm. terms of each agent sort of has access to, you know, it's called the matrix system. It's like a database that's sort of accessible by everyone. If you're a licensed agent, you have a portal into it mm -hmm. and you can sort of access all these homes. And it's like, it's a kind of weird dynamic where a lot of the work that we do, like if I'm researching houses for clients or if I'm, you know, listing a property for someone, it's all online. Mm -hmm. But then like the actual business that our firm conducts, none of it's online. And like mm -hmm. the web presence that we have is really antiquated. And that's like a cool thing that as I become more involved in the business, I'm almost I'm almost like leaning, like I sort of see where you're saying, like you're sort of taking a thing in a new direction where it's not really like what we need isn't like, like this constant monitored presence online because it's not really there. Mm -hmm. It's more just like, I think someone's gotta sit down, look at our business, sort of get an idea of how we really make our money and how we're conducting mm -hmm. business on a day-to-day -day basis, and then just figure out what what sort of steps we need to take, mm -hmm. like actually in our online presence, because it's like all the work we do is online. Like we use we use all this software and you know the internet to conduct our business, but at the same time, like we don't really have a presence. Is that what you're doing for? Like, what is that? kind of your role in the company, what you're, you're trying to do to help them with, or? Not, not really, but like, I think it's kind of assumed that I'll be the one mm -hmm. who sort of spearheads that. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not gonna like volunteer to like take on this like, oh yeah, no, I'll be like the, you know, the young guy who like understands how all this works. It's more just like, here, you're, you're the young one, like you sort of have the perspective yep. of how this should be, I guess. And, and I think that's something for, for anyone who's thinking about starting a business, like that, that is the nice thing that kind of our generation has is we've seen 
things change so rapidly and we're open to it. Like I'm sure most of you went before we didn't have cell phones, which that's a monumental shift. The fact that we grew up going through that, that change in the internet, like we probably when you were young, you had dial up, like that was a massive change to now what we have now, the exchange of information that finding these little efficiencies within a company, if there's a family business, get involved with it, you will see an efficiency and, and they'll probably give you more of a shot to, to you know, spearhead it and take control over it. But even just working at other companies, like if you don't have an idea right now of what to do, go work at a startup, go work at a small business and just see what they're doing and don't just accept what they're doing as the way that it should be done because chances are it's not. And the more that I've worked with these small businesses, I realized like their systems are broken, like there's problems with them and they don't know or understand or care because it's always worked for them. They're actually scared to change because it's always worked. Our business has been in business for 40 years. Why should we change the way we're doing it? Because there's gonna be a brand new business that's gonna be 10 times more efficient as you are. They need three employees to be equivalent to your 15 employees. And like that's, that's the thing. So with your business with that, like I think if you could kind of tell that there's, there's these areas that don't make sense, you're probably like in the right area with it. Um, I guess that would be something maybe like I'd be interested in definitely talking after at some point and just kind of going through it. I'd be curious to hear more about it um, in some way, definitely. So definitely reach out afterwards and we can talk more. Sure. But yeah. Um, so how difficult was the process of getting out of your comfort zone? Because was, was that like all necessity driven or was it just like a realization that it was something that you had to do down Yeah, I, I think, um, those little moments, uh, it was definitely predicated on getting, like, getting rid of the business part and realizing that I can't continue doing this unless I sell work. Like, it was a necessity. So I think that's definitely a big part that, that pushed it. But once I actually started selling a couple clients from that, the, the, the high that you get from that, and that like, you start feeling this, this personal growth. Here's, here's a good example. Um, at the end of the day, it's all personal growth. And I did not date, I didn't do like anything throughout college. I focused on my business and I focused on, you know, trying to grow it into something bigger and then obviously getting my degree. So the more that I started working in business and networking and things like that, I'm like, I can actually talk to people and go deeper with people and this is helping my business relationships. And then I started realizing that it actually was helping my personal relationships. That it was this very weird thing where Business was forcing me to grow out of necessity, but then it actually helped my personal life. And the relationships that I've had since the growth that I've had are totally different than relationships that I've had in the past. Like I know who I am now. I know what I'm, what I like, what I dislike, what I'm good at, what I'm bad at. What you know, I, I know myself. So therefore, I can let someone else know who I am, and vice versa. It's just a different level that you get onto, and you get more comfortable with meeting people. I'm talking to more people. I'm building relationships, connections, and like. I started seeing that so much of my life started kind of working out because business was pushing me to go out of my comfort zone. And that was the thing that pushed it more. So like, yes, the, that initial thing was breaking off the business partnership and realizing that I can't continue doing what I'm doing. I'm making five grand a year selling a few websites here and there. I can't keep doing this clearly. But then I started seeing the value that everything else you know, brought into play. And then having mentor, uh, mentors, that like an awesome relationship, having people that I can talk to that were genuinely like, I see so much potential in you and I wanna help you. I wanna see what you're doing and, and, and help you through the process. That was very like motivating. And then I finally got to a point where I started having mentees and that was like one of the most motivating things. Like more than selling a, a $70,000 job, just talking to a mentee for a couple hours at a coffee shop 
and genuinely seeing certain things click, I'm like that. That was the most like motivating thing to me. So all these things just started shifting in terms of like, okay, well I should be talking to people more because I like helping people. I like talking to people. And all these things started shifting just simply because the more I did certain things, certain things were like, this makes sense, this is fun, I get enjoyment out of this. Other things are like, you know, selling another job right now for 20 grand for a year, it's not as much of a high as it used to be type of thing. And I'm not, like when I'm talking about these numbers and everything, like this year I'm probably going to do about 150, 200,000 for the year. And it's still me, I need to hire an employee, actually, if, any, if anyone has any ideas of like employees kind of in the space, like I'm definitely looking. But um, at a certain point, you just kind of need to try and do something, just start somewhere and start, that will force you to get out of your comfort zone. So like start whatever business at all, and then you'll be forced to get out of your comfort zone as you pivot and things like that. I don't know if that necessarily answers the question, but. Someone would send in like, hey, I'm having problems with my computer or whatever, and they give me like a rough, and then I have to send them back an email like, well, have you tried this, 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 this? And there'd be these back and forth emails, and I would write so much. Like I, I write a lot, I'm not very concise, I'm trying to improve upon that. But then one of my clients finally stepped up and he kind of sees me as like a, a mentee in some way. Um, and he was like, hey, you know, have you ever thought to maybe just give him a call? You could probably clear some of this stuff up in five minutes versus spending 40, 45, 50 minutes back and forth over and over and over. And it was a stupid little thing that was like, that makes sense. I've, in the CRM, I even have a line item that says preferred communication. It's phone, email, Slack, like whatever, whatever option that they prefer. And emails that I, I had, or, or clients that I had the preference down as phone, I would be emailing them and wasting time and I wouldn't even be selling. Worry less about, you need to just be comfortable with it. Yes, you're gonna say some stupid stuff. It's going to happen, but don't be afraid of that to not do it, because the only way, like the only way that you get better at public speaking is by doing it. You can't just like think about it a lot or whatever. Like there's certain things you have to just jump in, and then using other people's crutches. I was just about to go into another business relationship four or five months ago. We had just sold a big client together, seventy-three thousand dollars for the year, biggest client that I've ever sold, and we were going to take it on together. He was going to do back-end development. I was going to do front-end development. It was a web app that was also integrated to a CRM, and I started realizing that. That was pulling me right back into the web development world when I said, I'm never doing web development ever again. That makes, I'm never gonna do that. Why am I getting pulled back into this? Because I saw money. We'd each get 15 grand, I'd take care of front end, he'd take care of back end, and then we'd split the remaining, you know, 43 for the year and everything like that. And I realized, you know, that's not what's good for my company though. I'm not a web developer. I instead took the 30 grand for the web app and I just gave it to a Toronto-based company that my mentors recommended highly. I, I, I'm project manager in the middle. I spent. 50, 60, 70 hours just being that middleman, not getting paid at all. Like I have not made any money from, from this, but I'm learning from it. I'm taking a lot from it. And if I used them as a crutch, this the potential business partner of mine, I started using it because I was like, I, there's no way I can take this and manage this client on my own. And he's like, I'll be available like, you know, to manage, help you manage the client and things like that. He's worked with large scale enterprise projects before I hadn't. So I was using him as a crutch where I was like, maybe I need to partner up my company with him because otherwise I don't know if we could take this job on. And that, that was totally using him as a crutch until I finally, after talking to mentors and everyone, I realized I can do this on my own. I'll figure it out. I've always figured it out. And I think school helped me the most with that kind of mindset. Whenever I've gotten projects or just anything as bad, as stupid as it sounds, like having all these papers, essays, and whatever, 
I always got it done. If it was crunch time, I just, I just knew that I would always get it done and I always have. And that's relayed itself into the business world because I trust myself. I believe in myself at such a core level because I think back to all these times I was stressed out like crazy about an exam the next day and a paper that I had to get done. And at the end of the day, I got it done. So I tell myself, I'll get it done. I know I'll get it done regardless of what has to be done. So yeah, I'm terrified with one of these clients in some regard, but now I'm much more comfortable and I've grown a lot from it. And I'm like, I could do this again. And better yet, next time, how about I charge 50 and then have the company take care of it for 30 and now we just made 20 grand connecting two people. And like that's, that's really an entrepreneur. Right? Like that's, I don't need to be a, a web developer. They're kind of a dime a dozen in some regard. You can outsource them overseas. Like there's just so many people that are developers that are afraid to get out of their comfort zone and learn how to sell and talk to people. It's so integral to do that. If you truly want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to be involved in the sales aspect. Unless you find a partner, that will be that sales connection. But now you're going to deal with the issues that I've dealt with in partnership. And I'm I already know I'm never going to get into a partnership ever again. I just can't. Like it's, it's the law of averages where if, if you have an Olympic athlete who's running, I don't remember if I said this to this class or the last class, but there's an Olympic athlete running and then someone else that, that's not an Olympic athlete, if they run together, the Olympic athlete will slow down and the person who is not will speed up. So it's, not, it's never in the, the benefit of the Olympic athlete to run with someone that's below them because they'll be pushed, pulled down, they'll actually do worse. Same thing in a partnership. If I'm motivated and driven to do all this stuff and putting everything into it, if my partner is not, they're gonna be here, I'm gonna be here, it's gonna pull me down. I'm not gonna wanna work my ass off doing certain things because it's like, well, they're watching Netflix. Why should I go and you know, try and build a podcast to grow the marketing side? I don't even know if it'll work, but why should I even spend the time to do that? As stupid as it sounds, I was actually not, like, I wasn't doing certain things that I wanted to do because I'm like, because my business partner is not doing it. Why should they get, why should they benefit from the value of me spending my time doing this? Like, it's this, it just doesn't make sense, but if you're in the scenario, you start seeing it and you start, like, self-sabotaging because you don't want them to benefit from it. Like, it's a very bizarre thing. And I'm, I would never see myself that way. I love helping people. But when it's like your company, your baby, like everything that you can think about, things just like change and shift and it's like, it's a messed up thing. So, yeah. Uh, so I have a blacktop business. I started outside of okay. high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a really tough time debating whether or not to go to school. Mm -hmm. not to go to school because it was really exceeding my expectations. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just sort of I like, keeps me up at night because I'm sick to my stomach and I'm wasting this much time and money and I'm on in my third year and this is the first relevant class I've ever taken. <laughs> like, the first, you know, three, I'm not kidding, like, mm -hmm. you know, history of Europe, 1800. Oh yeah, oh like, yeah. Like, well, mm -hmm. Why am I here? Yep. I waste tens of thousands of dollars every year mm -hmm. by losing out on it, like this first. Opportunity cost. The, yep. Yeah, exactly. So the opportunity cost is really high and on top of the actual cost. Mm -hmm. Do you think the schooling career business was worth it? <laughs> this is where, yeah. This is where I, I struggle a lot with that because um, I've had family and friends and everyone kind of bring that up. Like, was the 80 grand that I spent on school worth it? Um, probably 0.005% of what I know in business came from school, as bad as that sounds. Um, but it has helped me be more well-rounded. The classes that I've had to take, the people I had to, One of my closest friends, I met her in American Marketing Association. She's one of my closest friends. And 
and realizing these certain things, like they wouldn't exist in my life if I didn't go to school. And the more that I'm getting involved in business, I'm actually realizing that there's much less of a high in the selling and growing and growing and growing and making money from it. And there's more of a high in building relationships with people. And I think back to like, if I didn't go to school, yes, like I, I don't know where I'd be right now. Like things like, honestly, people, some people do take me more seriously. I would more than happy hire someone that, that hasn't gone to school, who just has, if you have four years of experience in an industry versus someone that has schooling four years, I'm not gonna lie, like I would probably go for that, the, the person that just has the experience, because like that's applicable. Once you actually start working for businesses, try and make money and, and show value, you really have to do it. You can't be taught that in school, and that's the one issue with school. But in terms of like, if you, if you network and if you get to know people and you build these relationships, like those are the things that you get from school. It's really the community. So I'd, I'd say maybe less than school or not school. Um, I've heard some mentors mention that like, hell, if you wanna get into like uh, design or something like that, go and travel and go to conferences around that space. The people you'll meet at those conferences are so much more valuable than anyone you can meet anywhere else that it's like go and spend 10 grand a year just traveling to these conferences. Like, and it sounds bizarre, but like, it's really just relationships. And you're going to meet some people, like if you ever watch the Shark Tank, some of the people on there, they're like Mark Cuban. If someone says, you know, I, say that they're 20 years old, and yeah, I started this business and we're doing 100 grand a year, and da 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 And Mark will be like, so are, are you planning to go to school? No, you know, I'm just gonna focus full time, I'm out. Like there are certain people, billionaires, that are like, if you didn't go to school, I don't care about you. And if you're real, if you're really thinking not like, so that's the one thing that I guess combats me a little bit. Certain people really, really, really do value it. I'm sure it's helped a little bit too. Uh, it never hurts that I could say I have a triple major out of school. Like it, it never hurts. Is it worth 80 grand? I don't know. Probably not. But I also wouldn't have the relationships that I have. Dr. Kim, we we every month every two months like we'll go out to dinner and like it, it's just like these relationships that are built those are the things that I kind of got from school so I had to pay so much for it but there's still value in it. Get as much out of it as you can like honestly not, like that's one of the things that I kind of regret. Junior year is when I got involved with American Marketing Association and CEO and things like that. Like, yeah, it's more work, more adding onto the workload, less time focusing on my business, but that's like where some of my relationships came from. Went to New Orleans for AMA, you know, did that twice with a group of people, and now I'm very close, like the, the one girl, she's one of my best friends. So like, there, that's where some of the, the unknown aspect to it come from, but, yep. I think it's everyone, but still, like, um for me, like, if I want to go to a bank in a couple of years, mm -hmm. I want to see, like, my GPA. They want to see, like, how I was, how I am doing now because I'm younger. So, mm -hmm. like, I already have that against me. So, being a good student and being, like, a member of um, different organizations, especially something like you're invited into, mm -hmm. um, through being at school, like, um, different scholarships you get, all that probably is beneficial. So, I think there's a couple ways. Plus, uh, when we talk about like relationships, at least for me, like I'm working with different people on campus, mm -hmm. like students, but also professors, and I'm um, I'm able to use uh, like the studio they have with my mm -hmm. install. So there's a lot of like that that stuff that would cost me probably thousands of dollars mm -hmm. if I was doing it. Yeah, there, there are opportunities that definitely show themselves. The question is, are you going to take advantage of them? And if you go through school, not like if you just go school to get the degree and work through and not talk to people. I do genuinely think it's a huge waste of money, absolutely. But if you actually 
do things, take advantage of these things that are made available. Like the fact that I'm here talking right now is because I went to school here and I have a relationship with Dr. Kim. And, I, like, and this is helping me improve upon my, my uh, personal or personal speaking, my public speaking. And like that, like part of my personal development came from school, even tail end, like after I'm done with school. So that's where a lot of these things that you don't even realize, you can look back on what you've done, even like me having the web development company, there's so many things that I learned from that that I'm taking and putting into this business now. Little things that you do throughout your life, little hobbies here and there, everything, little pieces can be taken from them and put into what you're doing now. So the way that I like to look at it is I don't regret anything that I've done because it's made me who I am right now and I'm happy with where I am right now. So yes, you're probably gonna have many days that you wake up and regret that you went to school and you spent the money, absolutely. That ha that's going to happen, continue happening. But that doesn't mean that you, know, you shouldn't go. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think that I, I can give someone that level of advice. It, it depends on so many different factors. You know? I don't know, it's... Yeah, I, I think it kind of relates to going out of your comfort zone. Because it's just like, when I first like, would meet with someone or call them, and there's almost no other feeling than like creating something. I'm sure you, you feel mm -hmm. sort of like when you create something and then you sell it to someone and then they're excited about it. Mm -hmm. And then like you, you, uh, you create, like, create that exchange, business exchange. Yep. Uh, and then that gets you excited to try it again and keep going. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, if you work with someone on campus or you go to some event and, it work, and it's successful, then you want to keep mm -hmm. doing that and see what else is in store. But it's e I could easily see myself have gone through all four years doing none of that. Mm -hmm. it's just like, just like when I was doing emails, like, why wouldn't I do this? Mm -hmm. You don't, yeah, you don't, you don't know the values there until you start doing it, which that's where junior year, I, I waited until that long before going to AMA. I wish I did a freshman year, but I was too, like, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to people my freshman and sophomore year, like, but no one wants to talk to anyone, you know. So um, I'll jump into, like, a little bit for, because something that I, I see some value in is, like, the marketing and growth, different ways that you can do that, because that's something that I'm struggling with right now. and. Uh, there's certain things have connected with me and work. I don't know if they would work for other people, but I kind of want to throw it out there. So I have a service business and um, what I've done is I've really gotten involved with, so for instance, I, I partner up with different companies. Like if I see software that I like, then I get super involved with that. Like I will use the software, I will become an expert at it. I will reach out to many people within the company, talk to them, give them feedback and really try and get involved. And what that's allowed me to do is build up these, these uh, partnerships. Anytime that a company is willing to like partner, like, hey, if you sell our software, we'll give you 25% you know, margin from it, I try and partner up with them wherever I can. Because one of my mentors, actually based in Toronto, he runs a SaaS company, and I found his service, and I thought it was cool. I reached out to him, he's the CEO of the company, and we were talking back and forth, and I sold one of his licenses to one of my clients, which it's like 120 bucks a month, so it's not cheap, but like, I sold one license. And the more we talked to each other, the more we just talked about business. He told me about his company. They're doing three, four, five million dollars a year in a SaaS company. And the more he just started turning into this mentor role of mine. So here's just this business relationship, this, this person based in Toronto that I randomly reached out because I liked the software they built. Now they're one of my, my top mentors. I'm actually, at the end of the month, I'm going to Toronto for a week to meet up with a couple of my mentors, him in, included. And he introduced me to another person who's now another one of my very close mentors. And like, just th these relationships that start building from you just building these, these, these partnerships and everything. So that's just from the mentorship role side. Because mentor mentors are tough to find because 
to have a mentor, they have to see value in what you do and see potential in you. So you need to check back with them a lot. Like, hey, we talked last. I, I took what you said. I tried it. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. That's a good mentor. Like, if I, if I have a mentee, then it's like, if we have a conversation, go and run and do that stuff. And two, two months from now, let me know how it went. Because now I start seeing like, wait, you're actually, you're paying, you're listening to what I'm saying. And if you're getting value from it, then it's like, this is a cool relationship. And that there's nothing, but there's no better feeling than that. So that's the mentor side of it. But in terms of sales and growth and, and everything there, well, A, they want to help you grow. So this company, um, they put me as like one of their premier partners for implementation specialists on their site. And it's like kind of bizarre because I've sold their service once, but I have such a close relationship with them that it just lets me kind of be there. And then Prosperworks, the CRM company. I've gotten very close with them. I use them for our, a large client, and we went very deep with them, getting very involved in the deep API aspect of it all, um, just, just like the deep side of it, which got me involved with a lot of their developers and people on the team. I started building relationships with some of the developers, some of the salespeople, and just treating people nice. It's incredible how well that goes over. If you get an email from someone that just says like, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. you've been you've been so great. Like this, 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 or like if if someone's just like nice to you, it gives you like a nice feeling. And I actually screen when people say nice things via email, I screenshot it and I put it in Google Photos and in mot under like motivational. It's like there's something that that because it, it really it sits with me. And you start building a relationship. And it's so funny. Just being nice, being nice to people goes such a long way. Because people that are nice to me, I want to help them, and vice versa. That's just the stupid little thing that people don't even think about, but just like appreciate people sometimes. Appreciate what they've done. Got out of your way. Write a, a handwritten letter and mail it to them. It goes such a long way. And that's so kind of a, out of my comfort zone, but I've been getting kind of better in that area because I've been seeing benefits from it. But so this company, ProsperWorks, since I've been building a good relationship with them, a lot of the people at the company know me. I got involved when there were about 10, 15 employees there, and now they're they have about 250 employees, and they just got venture backing for $84 million. So like they're growing substantially. But I was there early on, and a lot of the people know me there. So what happened? Well, they have a client, they have a customer that they're trying to get on the platform. They got on the platform, and they're like, hey, this person wants this robust web app built that integrates with our system. I don't know who to talk to about it. I want to connect you guys. They connected me. So here's a company based out of California that got connected to me, and now they're one of my largest clients. That was from having this partnership relationship, they, they've seen what I've been able to do with the platform, getting so involved in the community forums. I write, I go, whenever a new person posts in the community forums, I get an email to it, and every now and then I'll triage through, and I'll just try and respond and answer questions that people have on the platform. They have employees that should be taking care of support, and they are, yet I'm going out there and doing it, because I just like, I like doing it, but now I'm starting to see some of the side effects of it. I did that for two years. I just got a call three weeks ago from someone, a painting company based out of Arizona. So he contacts me, and we're talking. We're getting along really well. We, he understands the value of automation, and, and he needs help with some things. And I asked him, I was like, how did you hear of us anyway? Like, you're based out of Arizona or in Buffalo. He said, you know, I was frustrated with the software, ProsperWorks, and then I jumped into the community forums, and I saw this person. They were asking the stupid question, because like it existed in the system. And he said, and I saw you, you responded to them pretty much saying, you're an idiot. It already exists in the system. But you said it so nicely and eloquently. And I could just tell that like, you just want to help people. So like, he, he was going to just get rid of the software, done with it. But he saw my response in a community forum. And he's like, this is someone that I should talk to before I decide to get off the software. Sold him. He's now a $20,000 client. 
like this. And I could have never expected that's because I've been posting on the forum for two years. And I, I wasn't doing it hoping that this would happen. This is just a nice, happy accident type of thing. But those are the things that like, aren't necessarily scalable. And I'm starting to see work out. And like, now all these things are starting to align themselves. And I think it's from just all these little things that I'm doing. Um, even marketing, like I suck at marketing my own company. And I was a web development online marketing company for, for six years, and I suck at it. I'm so bad at it. I could help other companies. I don't, know what it, like, I don't know what it is necessarily about my company, but what I started realizing is I was very broad in what I was offering, and I started to focus down. Like now, I'm, a lot of my site, like I'm like uh, Prosperx CRM consultant, Prosperx CRM partner. I got a call from California the other day. Where'd you hear of me? Oh, I searched Google for Prosperx consultant. I was number one or two. I had no damn idea. I had no idea. But it's such a, a niche, like people that are looking for it are looking for it. So these little things start just connecting with you. And it, that didn't lead to a sale, but at the very least, like these things start connecting with you of how to grow your business. And this is part of like where I'm doing like the podcast and video and things like that, just to see, could this be a nice marketing avenue? Maybe a potential customer can hear me talk if they care to listen. And if they're on the same page as me, some things might click and they may want to hire us for services. I don't know if any of you have seen Gary Vaynerchuk, but he's really big into that. Definitely inspired me in some regard, but he's also, I don't want to be anything like him at the same way. Like I, I, I want to actually have a life where I'm not working 24 seven. The goal is not to just hustle and do all that like crazy, but there is some value in documenting and doing this. So I, that's just kind of the growth idea. Cause like I'm still struggling with it. I don't know what works, what doesn't work. Referrals work, do a very good job for your clients, treat them super well, and they will refer you to other companies. Uh, everyone that I've talked to in the service business, most of the work comes from like 80 to 90% comes from referral based. So do, uh, you know, do your entertainment thing. It's not, not magic, right? But it is. It's like a whole variety of performance. Okay. Yeah, we, we can talk, I'm actually curious about, we can talk at some point about, yeah, I'm actually curious, but like do a kick-ass job and then they can refer you to other people. And there's certain things that you can do. And I, this is out of my comfort zone. I don't do it. Asking existing clients that are happy with their services, ask them for referrals. I suck at it. I hate doing it. It's so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what it is about it that it's like, I just don't want to ask people for help in that way. It just, something feels kind of dirty about it. But like, I've talked to so many mentors that are like, just do it. Like there's, they want to help you, especially if you do good work. It's just this weird, bizarre thing that I'm in my own head about. Um, but sometimes you kind of just need to try stuff. So is there anything else that kind of, it's been some interesting discussion. I know that it's tough too because there's certain people in certain scenarios that the conversation is there that it might not relate to other people and that's where it's tough but it's also like if I came in here and I was just very broad about what I was saying and probably wouldn't help anyone and I don't know what value that is anyway. So uh, if anyone has any other kind of thing, if not I can just kind of run through some boilerplate stuff. Yeah. During your time in school, you said you were working on your business. Mm -hmm. Um, was that something that like, like was kind of like your why behind that? Like was that in high school you wanted to do it or was that something you just kind of stumbled upon? Or? So it's, I really never, this is where life is just so weird because when I was in high school, I really didn't care or think much about business at all. Uh, my, when my mom got remarried to a business owner, I started kind of seeing like, wait a minute, like there's normal people among us that just have their own businesses and you don't even realize it. Like there's, there, I think there, there's the majority of businesses are small businesses and you don't really realize that there's a person at the head of that and they're the one that started it. So I guess 
once I started spending more time around him, the more I started realizing that all of his friends are business people. A bird of a feather flock together is what he, he taught me, and, and I totally agree with it. And the more that I saw that, it was just like, wait a minute. Like, these are people that are successful, and they kind of get together in this think tank, and they think the same way, and they talk. And then I would talk more to him about business, and then it just kind of started rubbing off onto me. And I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. I, before working for him, I, was, I, I applied, and I got a job at Mighty Taco. I was about to go my first day. I quit because I decided to just work with him in the office as an admin person. Like, I had no damn idea what I was going to be doing. But then he helped guide me web development, which I realized, like, this whole thing, passion, still passion of mine. I've I will never sell those services ever again, though. But it's like, I'm still glad I went through that because, like, it's fun to do occasionally if I have free time, which I probably don't. But it's, it's I guess at the end of the day, I didn't know that I wanted to get involved in business. Some of it, your life just has to go through and you have to figure out. If you see a need in the market and you can be motivated by it, I guess at the end of the day, with how much my mind is thinking about this, I would never want to put this much work into someone else's company. Um, seeing that ceiling that exists, where like you can make 40, 50, 60, 70 grand a year being involved, helping my stepdad's company, and being compensated as an employee, aside from helping the family, like it's nice to help the family in that regard, but like if I was able to help him grow his company from 600 grand to 800 grand and save them $20,000 a year in expenses, things like that, yet I'm getting paid an hourly rate. I'm like, that kind of sucks. But like, how do I actually take more advantage of that? Well, you kind of need to have a business to do that, to get outside of that realm. But now I don't have stability. I'm turning 26 at the end of this month. I need to buy healthcare. Like, I don't, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, like, these are the things that I'm like worried about. I mean, like, I need to hire an employee. And now I'm thinking, like, should I get healthcare through my company? Because if I get an employee, like, that'll be a benefit. And all this stuff like that, I'm like, the time's clicking down. I need to, I have a reminder that reminds me of everybody. I'm terrified right now. I don't know what to do. But, like, these are, like, the little stupid things that um, I guess come up. And, yeah, I had no idea that I was going to be involved in business. Part of it is just doing it. And you'll start pivoting along the way. Find people that, that influence you, inspire you. So, like, I can't give, like the reason why I'm doing a podcast is because I freaking love podcasts. I've gotten so much inspiration and knowledge and growth from listening to them. I'll, I'll make food, and when I say make food, I'll make like spaghetti and eggs, like it's nothing special, but I'll be listening to a podcast while I'm doing that. And the amount of value that I can get from that is just incredible. The internet that exists right now, the videos that you can, you can just get knowledge from, you can get so much more knowledge from the internet, podcasts, YouTube, than you can in school, but why not do them both at the same time? You know, that, that's how I learned web development. I used to stream on Twitch, and I met some of the closest relationships. One of my best buddies now lives in France. I met him because he was in the chat on Twitch because I was streaming web development. And just all these different things that you start like doing, just it's, it, everything goes back to relationships. The more that I think about it, it's just like relationships. Like now if I ever go to France, like I have someone that I can now talk to because of stupid web design, which happened because my stepdad said, hey, build a website. And I built a terrible website that he called shit and I cried. Like that, like I, you can go back this entire thing and realize where everything kind of sits at and you have no idea why you're where you're at right now. So um, yeah, so I, even if you don't know, if you want to get into something, I'd say just try something. You don't have to be, you know, learn in someone else's business, honestly. A lot of my early on clients, I learned on them. I actually have some early adopter clients that I will throw software on them. They're open to it because they've seen growth happen and everything. 
and it might fail, but they're giving, they're allowing me to experiment on them. I experiment on my own company, then I experiment on some of my early adopter clients, and then I push it out to the rest of my clients. That's my way to kind of try and stay cutting edge, like on, you know, on the forefront of all the software and everything like that. But you know, the company that I started is totally different than the one that I have right now. But I'm still picking little things that I learned in these other industries that make sense now. When I'm working with a marketing agency, I know what it is that they're doing because I did that. You know, so it's like just everything kind of connects. Um, yeah, so if there's anything else, because I could just pull through. Yep. Um, I'm more of like a personal level for you. Like, mm -hmm. I was just thinking when you were saying you would start a business when you're in college. Like, if I were to do that now, I'd probably lose my mind mm -hmm. just because I think I work better on one thing. Mm -hmm. um, oh, absolutely. So, like, what do you do that, like, personally that made, like, avoids burnout, you stay focused? Like, even when you said you're in Vaynerchuk, I know he, like, almost promotes not sleeping. No, he's, he's the complete opposite. He, yeah. he thinks there's nothing better than sleeping seven, eight hours a day. Okay. He just thinks when you're awake, you should be working your ass off, okay. which is... He's, yeah, it's, it, it, there's something that, like these portrayals that you get from watching a lot of these people, but it's like, sleep is super important. I just, I, like last week was really bad for me because 43 North was going on and they're launching the application. I was getting between four and five hours a night and talking about burnout, Yesterday, I was falling apart. I'm like, I, I, I took a nap in the middle of the day because I'm like, I'm just, I, I'm not motivated. I just feel like shit right now and I, it's just such a bad place. So I'm, part of it is identifying that you're approaching burnout and try and stop before hitting that. Sometimes like when, since I'm the only employee, I can't just be like, clients just, just leave me alone for a week and we'll be okay. Like I can't just do that. But that's when, that's where I'm starting to realize I probably need to hire somebody. Like it's a very natural, clear thing. Um, but. Yeah, of course, like focusing is one of the most important things you can do. So an interesting fact um, that I heard that really stuck with me is people who sit and focus for four hours straight get as much work done as someone that goes through a traditional eight-hour workday. So these, yeah, yeah? you? <laughs> if there's something seriously to focusing. If you get disrupted, it takes you 23 minutes to get back into what you were doing. So that means if you're working at an office desk and someone walks over to you and they bug you for a minute, now it's going to take you another 23 minutes to get back sucked into what you're doing. And you hurt the, you hit this certain level of flow when you're working, and that's the invaluable piece. So absolutely, doing many things at once doesn't make sense. Um, but, but that's where, like, when I was doing, like, working at school while I was doing this, I was working at, like, 9 p.m. to like 6 a.m. some nights because like that was where everyone was quiet. My phone didn't go off. No one bugged me. I'm in my room. I get to do web development. Like that was those were some of my hours to do it. But then yeah, I'm groggy the next day. Or I'd work on the weekends and I would just focus on that. Like it it sucked. Some I actually for AMA or yeah for AMA I built like the website for them. Like there was a way that I kind of intertwined school and that. But it's like. It is obviously better to focus, but at the very least, like get started on something. Just start. Like you don't have to go full out in it. And I so strongly believe in just getting started with something. I've I I did a podcast for two and a half years talking about BlackBerry, and and I know that's not ex exciting for anyone. Mobile security, boring shit. I'm not involved in it anymore. But it built relationships, which I'm very happy about. And I've been thinking about starting a podcast talking more about the journey that I've been going through just for myself. I've been thinking about doing it for about a year and a half. I came up with the idea analysis paralysis because I'm analyzed by, by I'm par paralyzed by analyzing everything. Like I'm a very analytical person. And finally, like five weeks ago, four weeks ago, I finally just did it. Because I'm like, you know, I'm 
I'm, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't start because I, I want it to be perfect. And it's never going to be perfect. And then all this stuff was happening. And part, you just got to get started. And I'm happy that I did this because two years from now, probably will lead to no new business. But this is my outlet. Like, this is what I, this is kind of just something I want to do. And maybe it will help with it. So just get started regardless. I understand. I'm, I, the problem, too, is like you'll start neglecting the thing that you don't want to do as much. So I'll work on the podcast when I have to write contracts for clients. Like someone that's ready to buy, I'm like, I'm working on the podcast. That's stupid, stupid. But it's still better to at least get started, you know? Like just, just do that aspect of it. I don't know if that helps um, with that specific question, but is there anything, anything else? Yes? So you have clients all over the country. Mm -hmm. What kind of keeps you in Buffalo? And like, how have you yeah. seen it grow since you started your business? So what keeps me in Buffalo, the, the number one reason as bad as it sounds, well, not as bad as it sounds, but it's family. Like that's, uh, it's, it is tough to up and leave from that. The benefits though of living in Buffalo. Okay, so Buffalo is about five to 10 years behind the rest of the country. That's actually a benefit because you could just look at what the rest of the country is doing, bring it to Buffalo, and now you're actually like a cutting edge company. If I wouldn't move to Silicon Valley, what I'm doing probably would not be as valuable. The tough part though is a lot of these small businesses and startups, they don't, they're so resistant to change here because we're still so many years behind that a lot of what I do is go in to try and educate the market to be this change agent, which sucks because people don't want to change and I, it's such a bit, and I'm hoping that some of like educating the market could come through some of these mediums that I'm doing. That's kind of my, my hope, just to educate the market in this type of industry so I don't have to manually do it one by one by one. Um, another thing about Buffalo that's I'm kind of justifying is great is that like it's right by Toronto. Toronto is like a nice area. Um, there's a lot of business going on there. I have mentors there. Um, so there's like, it's a good place to be in New York City. I've never been in New York City still. Uh, Boston's right near there. But in terms of like, it's actually a very good area to be around business. And it's like, it's quiet versus being in a big city. Um, and then here's the, probably the biggest one. I'm working with a company in California. They were looking for someone to build this web app and the CRM integration. And their budget was $50,000. They went to a company in California. They wanted to charge them $100,000 to not even build what they wanted. They come to me in Buffalo because I was connected through Prosperworks, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that for you for 30. They're like, oh, ecstatic, like happy, you know. So it's like the arbitrage there, the standard of living in Buffalo is so much lower that you can actually, especially if the type of work that you do, it's it's tough if you're doing blacktop, for example. Like it, it is difficult to do that in California, but something that's more virtual, your value there is like even better. I could have charged eighty thousand dollars. Eighty thousand dollars in Buffalo goes a lot further than than you know, California. So it's like that, understanding that more and more, um, I think that's something that, that makes me like that I live in Buffalo. And I can always visit California. That's, I, I'm pretty dedicated at this point to get an Airbnb for a month, go to California, meet some of my friends, my mentors, partners, uh, partnerships, and everything like that, and just go and like visit there and I can work remotely for a month. And that may get it out of my system. Because like, this is a part of me that like, I want to see what Silicon Valley is like. I want to see what all that is like, right? But like. Buffalo may be a nice place to live. I hate the snow, though. Like, I, 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 get, I get all these things are conflicting. I hate cold. I hate the snow. I hate it. Like, so I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. I'm still trying to figure it out. Part of the reason that I'm still living at home right now, I have money to buy a house. I, I don't necessarily want to make the commitment yet of like, this is my place. Uh, I don't know. So there's benefits to both.
Any, anything else from anyone? So this may be a hard-end question to answer, but like, what does your day-to-day yeah, um, so part of the reason why I love this lifestyle so much is because it is a Thursday and I chose to dedicate my day talking to classes at school. Like it mixes things up a little bit. Yesterday I was, work, I was at, um, what was I doing? I was working on one of my client projects and then at 6.30 p.m. I went to a coffee shop to meet up with a friend also get some work done and worked until 10 and it's just like, you get to just choose what you want to do. So I'll wake up in the morning. This morning I probably woke up at 10 a.m. because I was up late last night working on uh, some of these points that I haven't even referred to, so it's kind of pointless. But like, um, it just changes. Like whatever, you just kind of get to choose what you need to do. Yeah, like clients will call me and wake me up in the morning like, hey, shit's going on with the server and I need to go and deal with that. Like that might happen one day, but if everything's quiet, then I could kind of just go through, I triage a list. I use uh, Asana. And I just have a list of tasks that have to be done for my company as busy work or for clients. And if I have nothing to do for the day, which happens sometimes, I just jump into the task list and start doing it. I'll schedule meetings. I have like three or four meetings set next week just for random people to catch up. In the CRM, I have a, a section that says important relationships, people that I see as either mentors or just good business connections. And if I have nothing going on, then I'll go in there and I'll go through the list. I haven't talked to them in 300 days, 400 days, you know, and I just send them an email, hey, let's get coffee next week. I'm curious how you're doing. So like, I, you just fill the void. When I'm super busy, I focus on client work. When I'm not busy, I just try and work on relationships or network on a podcast, like whatever. So it is tough. Sometimes I'm, I'm doing, ad, I just finished reconciling the other day. That was fun. Like, you know, end of the month reconciling the books. Like that, that has to happen every single month and I'm the person that has to do that. So great, I have to spend a couple hours doing that. But that's where things change around a lot, but it's also what I love about it. The fact that I can up and go to, so at the end of the month for a week I'm going to Toronto to meet some of my mentors and everything. The fact that I could do that and make that decision, not have to tell anyone or report to anyone, like I'm just not gonna schedule meetings for that week. I'm still gonna be working remotely. I'm absolutely gonna be working when I'm there. So it's not really a vacation. But the fact that I could do that on a whim and not have to like report to anyone about it, like that's what I love about this. And I, and I, I hate, in a way, I kind of hate consistency. I like having random things happen every other day. Like I, I like doing something different today that I was doing yesterday because it, it gives me things to look forward to versus I think I would hate going into a nine to five job just doing one thing and then leaving. And I also don't think my brain can shut off after, you know, okay, I'm leaving work, I'm leaving everything at work. I don't think I can shut that off, so I don't think I would even do well at a nine to five because if I did, I would probably be working on as bad as like working harder and not getting the benefit from it, and therefore I would stop working hard, and then that would just like personal growth wise would just be like you start self sabotaging in a way. So I feel like this is just the path that it kind of like had to take for my personality. Yeah. How long ago did you disband partnership? Oh, uh, three years ago. Three, yeah. Yeah, so it was it, right when we were doing about $14,000 a year, three years ago. Three years ago, isn't it? Three years ago, I was doing $14,000 a year. Like, it's not good. Like, I should have given up a very long time ago. Um, two years ago, I ended the year. I'm very, vo I'm very open about numbers, too, because I feel like if, you, if you're afraid to talk about numbers, you're never going to, if you're afraid to talk about money, you're never going to make money. Um, two years ago, close out the year doing 33000 and last year, close out the year about 80. And this year, I'm 
pretty confident that I'm going to close around 200 plus some of the, the agreements and contracts that I've signed and everything like that. So it's like that was after making five grand, five grand, five grand, 14, 30, 80. Like it, it starts becoming exponential, and now I have more work than I could even handle on my own. And like that's what happens in business. But I could have given up three, four years ago. Why did I not give up? You know. So it's like part of it is you can't be doing it for the money. If I was doing it for the money, I would have given up so long ago, so 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 long ago. It was just more of the mindset that like I don't know if I could physically work for somebody as bad as it sounds. I like being in control, um, which is also terrifying. Like it's terrifying to be in control. The fact that I can make one decision that may cause a client to leave me and lose half of my business, half the revenue, like that's, it's terrifying, but it's also, I guess it's just, at the end of the day, it's like knowing yourself, right? Just know yourself and you should be able to know if it's a good fit or a bad fit. And at the very least, just, just research and educate yourself in the meantime, so. We good? I think so. Cool. This is Alex Bass with Analysis Paralysis. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I'm planning on doing many more of these, so if you could, if you enjoy this, please, if you can make your way over to iTunes and leave a review. Unfortunately, I think that's one of the only areas that that you can really review podcasts nowadays. So if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. You could just search for analysis paralysis. If you want to reach out to me, because maybe you want to possibly join me on an episode in the future, we can talk about business process automation, efficiency, CRM, maybe if you're a business owner that's implemented automation. So please reach out to me on Twitter. Alex H. Bass is my handle, or you can email me at abass at aparalysis.com. Thanks so much.